Well, happy Easter to everybody. Welcome Healthy Aging Summit participants. Thank you so much for joining us today. And anybody that's on the call, it's not like we've got a lot of places to go. Um, today uh, is a general conversation and a great conversation. So Mel Tempest was going to allow us to um, share her, her business secrets to success and, and so on and so forth and what she's done within the industry and how she's turned it around to focus and move forward. Um, but Mel turned around and said, look, in today's day and age with, with the challenges that we're having, let's, let's do something that's a little bit more relevant that we can all take, uh, get our heads around and go from there. So um, I think that's what we're going to do and hopefully uh, you'll enjoy it. Guys, as you join us, thanks Mike for joining us. Again, this is going to be a Q&A session, so if you have any questions whatsoever, we want to make this as inclusive as possible um, because you may have a solution or we may have a solution or a direction that we're coming and um, that can help you and your business move forward. And people, more and more people are looking towards us for what we can do. And um, there are so many people out there doing um, the, the webinars and doing a Zoom calls and stuff like that. But the call that we were on the other day, we spoke about how we can make ourselves different and how we can really share and make a difference specifically and especially in the area of um, mental health and general well-being. So it's not just about the classes. So we're going to chat about that further as well. So let's get into uh, the conversation now. Uh, a great pleasure of mine to introduce uh, the Healthy Aging Summit Ambassador, Mel Tempest. And Mel's been instrumental in, in getting things off the ground. And firstly, before I go any further, thanks once again to our great uh, sponsors and supporters. And of course, all of you, the participants, uh, premium sponsor, Personal Training Academy, and our education sponsors, Powerplate Power and Naboso, and our great uh, media partners, um, 4D Media and of course FitRec who are, are looking after the industry and moving forward thanks to Dennis and Chenille. So let's get underway now. What I want to do is I want to take a step back, uh, Mel, and uh, chat to you about why you got into the industry because we're all talking about passion and connection, um, where you started and, and how we move forward from there. Now Mel has got so many titles now and um, that's why I'm really happy to be associated with, with Mel uh, moving forward with the summit. But I think the big thing that uh, really got me when I, I spoke to Mel initially, as I said, she said, Ken, we've got to focus on this collaboration. We've got to chuck the egos out the door. Um, let's get things going for the benefit of the industry and what we can do to the people that really need our help. And I think that's where we really resonated and, and, and started moving forward. So, Mel, welcome on the call today. Let's take a step back to, because um, I know that, um, and I hate using the word uh, a veteran in the industry, uh, but you are, um, and you've, you've gone through many, many roles, which we'll discuss further as we go. Um, how did you start in the industry? Where did you go? And uh, what was your passion that got you fuel to get started? Um, I got into the fitness industry totally by accident. It was not a career that I seeked out at all. Uh, I didn't join a gym until I was about 34. And I joined the gym because um, a relative that I had been taking care of had passed away. I was raised by my grandparents and my grandfather had passed away. And I didn't want to go back to work. So my girlfriend said, let's go join a, a gym on the shop, the docket deal. So you've got 21 days for $21. We went and joined the gym. And um, six months into it, uh, my hubby said, you know, do you think, don't you think, you know, you should be going back to work or doing something? And I went, I don't want to return to the career that I had before that. I'm going to go off and be a group fitness instructor. And so I enrolled in the local TAFE course. And on the very first day, uh, the first couple of subjects were, uh, what was it, anatomy and physiology. And by lunchtime, I wanted to walk out of the course and never return because that's not why I wanted to be a group fitness instructor. I just wanted to teach classes. I loved classes and I was having a really great time at participating at the centre that I had joined up at. So um, I got in my car and I was going to drive home and I wasn't going to stay and finish off the tape course. And I looked across to the left-hand side and I could see my youngest daughter, who was about 18 months at that stage, um, playing in the crèche. 
And I saw the thought to myself, who am I to take her away from what she was enjoying right now? Or because I was having an insecure moment because I was in a room full of um, younger people who were going to be personal trainers and group fitness instructors. So I pulled up my big girly pants and I walked up the stairs. And um, four months later, five months later, because back in those days, uh, that's how long the course was, uh, graduated as a, a group fitness instructor just just past anatomy just far, uh, past physiology but you know what when it came to music and exercise it was 99 and above all of the way um so that's how i became a group fitness instructor and pretty much from there ken you know i got my first club as a circuit instructor and then i picked up a few other circuit classes and then i got trained in in body combat and i was probably employed for about 18 months or so at the local YMCA uh, here where I live in Ballarat. And I really wanted to be trained in Body Jam and it was a new program that was coming out in the market. And you have to remember by this stage, I'm about 36. And I went to my group fitness manager and said, I want to get trained in this program. And she said, whilst you're here working for us, you're never going to teach Body Jam in this centre. And it was at that moment I said to myself, we are working in an industry that is supposed to inspire people to be the absolute best that they can be. As a group fitness instructor, I aspired to be like my group fitness manager. That was my goal at that stage in my life. I just wanted to be a GFM. And here was this woman that I aspired to be like in an industry where we inspire everybody to be the best version, telling me that I couldn't do something. And I was like 36 years of age. And I didn't get that. I, I couldn't understand how people could behave like that. So I went home, said to my husband, I want to open a gym. Had no idea what I was doing. Had no idea how much it was going to cost to fit out a building to become a gym. And 18 months later, we opened our club. And in that 18-month period, I was actually black banned in our community for having a dream and a goal to open up my own club. So other clubs in the area wouldn't hire me based on the fact that I was going to open up my own facility. At the 11th hour of opening, um, sorry, of going into the club to get it ready to open it, the landlord pulled the pin and said, I don't want to rent my building out to you. Gyms aren't, um, you know, good business. And so we had to wait another six to eight months until another building came up. We finally got into an old church hall here in Ballarat, uh, 450 square metres. Our group fitness room was about 80 square metres and we had to open up the group fitness room before we opened up the rest of the gym because that church hall had to be refurbished opened up our group fitness room with a tin can, a card table. We had no toilets. Uh, the toilets belonged to the church and they were in the car park that were across the road. So every time somebody wanted to go to the toilet, we had to give them a key, run across the road into the gravel car park and go to the public toilet that belonged to the church. Eventually, we opened up the, the whole club. And um, on the day that we opened, my whole business model changed just like that. And what happened was I visualized, because we were riding the CBD of our town, I visualized corporate people coming to my club, you know, workers, et cetera, et cetera. And what happened was we opened the door, we had a queue that went from the front door around the corner and down the street. And every single person that was joining up had one common theme. They were wearing daggy tracksuit pants and baggy T-shirts. And they weren't the shape of where I had worked in the past. They weren't people that were rocking up in crop tops and little bikini pants. These were everyday normal people. And what I realized was then that my community was screaming out for a place that was non-intimidating. So my whole business model flipped just like that. And we became a club that was for everybody and we were a non-intimidating environment. So we actually banned crop tops in our own club for our own team. You weren't allowed to wear crop tops. You had to wear proper tank tops. And um, pretty much that those few decisions that I made then and there created the success of the business. And we're here now 17 years later. Um, 12 years ago, we purchased, we moved obviously from the small premises to a large premise, purchased our building, 
Um, we own all of our equipment in it and our building is around about 16, 1650 square metres. And it hasn't been an easy journey. I don't want people to think that. It's certainly had its ups and downs. And, you know, there was a moment there, Ken, where I had $3.63 in the bank to pay the wages. So it's never been easy. It's always been, there has been, as I said, those rises and those falls to success. Wow, fantastic. So that says a couple of things. Number one, you looked at your market and you made that decision to stay true to yourself, number one, and also true to your market. So everybody in this demographic they're a different demographic and they're more community-based, they're more relationship-based, which is different to the traditional uh, people. And also you're uh, very true to the way that you teach and you instruct and you communicate. And I think that's carried over into every decision you've made. I want to touch a little bit there on um, non-trust or being black banned or not sharing, which, which, unfortunately has had a big impact on our industry for quite some time. Yep. I mean, when we were presenting at conferences, um, personal trainers wouldn't share what they were doing or what they were saying because, no, no, this is mine and nobody else can have it. And I think what's really showed in what you've just said is it's all about we're not here for us. We're here for our community to share I mean, this whole uh, premise of the Healthy Aging Summit was about giving knowledge to those that wanted it, but also to share it with a community that needed it. And I think that's why it's so successful. And that's really shaped the way that you've moved forward in your business. And it's, it's made you creative and innovative. Um, how has it shaped your experience level from um, a group fitness instructor and a teacher to a business owner? Um, Ken, you know, I've always been that person that challenges the status quo. So this just didn't, didn't evolve because I was in the fitness industry. My career before the fitness industry was I worked in the real estate industry and I worked with, uh, in a heavy dominated male industry. So I always had to fight for my, for my voice. Um, how has it shaped me into being a successful club owner? I learned very, very early in life that not everything is about the reflection in the mirror. And when you're running a business and you own the business, you have to pretty much run that business 99% to who your consumer is because your consumer pays your bills. Don't ever falsify that. Your consumer pays your bills. You're in the industry because you're passionate, but the consumer still pays your bills. So you have to deliver what they want. So I have ran my business for the last 17 years that way. I offer affordable memberships. Yeah, of course I should be charging more. I know that. Everyone knows that. But I'm passionate about what I want to do and I want to keep everybody active, healthy and fit. So I made the decision to make sure that the community could have affordable memberships. Um, challenge the status quo, you know, with programming, with the equipment that I put in the club. Um, I'm, a, I'm a voice in the industry. Some people like it, some people don't like it. Um, but I just think the most important thing is to answer your question is that, you know, you can either be that person that just follows everybody else and says, I have to do that because that's what they're doing and it's successful. Or you can challenge the status quo and go, I'm not here for myself. I'm here for these people because this is what the industry is about and deliver what they want. And I think if you're doing that, you're probably going to find you're going to have more success in this corner as opposed to doing what people expect you to do in this corner. By doing that, that's going to create a whole new brand of who you are because this brand was a follower and this brand is a leader. And everybody, everybody has the right to be a leader, whether it's just in their community or a, a global leader. So you really have to learn to listen and then put into practice or put into place what you're hearing, what your market wants. So let's talk about um, one of the statements that describes you and is in part of your bio is an innovator and a challenger of the, the status quo, which I couldn't agree to more. Um, but you do it in a way, and I think this is something that everybody leads, has to learn from, especially moving forward in their business. You can't rest on your laurels. Um, from your perspective and from what I know about you, Mel, is you continually innovate um, and you're continually listening to look at change. Um, from a, from a, a tip perspective to all those on the call, how, do you, how often do you look at thinking, well, 
you know, things are getting a little stale here. I need to change. I know that you listen and you, you're, you're great and reacting to feedback from within your community. But what's a key thing for you there? Uh, you obviously follow trends from overseas and you're a, a massive speaker at FIBO and on education and planning committees and doing business podcasts. So obviously that gives you um, an overseeing cap into innovations and, and different things coming along. But what, what's a tweak and what's a bit of advice that you can give to people on this call on how you look at, it's time for a change. I should look at this trend to innovate into my business. All right. We're all consumers, are we not? Yes. You're a consumer, I'm a consumer. How often do you change your coffee shop? How often do you change the pub where you're going to cheat? And why do you do that? Oh, I want to change. I want to do something different. I want to go somewhere else for a holiday. Those decisions are based on you saying, I want different. So I know that I make those decisions. So I know that my consumers are making those decisions too. I know that they're not going to consistently come to same, 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 same. So it doesn't take much for me to change my mind into doing something different in my club. Um, if I see something I think is really cool, I'll tweak it to my club and I'll implement it into my club. Some people will say, oh, that's really good that you're in that position to do that, but not everybody can do that, but you can do that. Because the question that you have to ask yourself when you're wanting change is, can I live with the worst possible scenario? So let's go for something basic. I'm gonna put a different class on my timetable. And I know that 50 members over there and they're like, no, 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 I'm not gonna come if you change it. Well, bad luck. There's another 50 over here that need change. It's not all about you. There's another group over here that need change. If the worst scenario is that 20 of those 50 don't come for the first couple of weeks and I can live with that, then that's okay. Because eventually, if you are giving them an experience in the new product, these guys will come back and they will participate in the new product. And it's not just about group fitness, okay? So I do more than group fitness. You know, it's about the technology you introduce into your club. It's about the systems that you put on your front desk. It's about how you approach your sales. You owe it to yourself to try different because nobody wants boring. And as I said to you before, Ken, the coffee shop that you've been going to for six months, when a new one opens up down the street, what does Karen say? Hey, let's go try the new coffee shop. You know, the pub says... Thursday night to seafood night. Oh, let's not go to our Chinese place. Let's go and try their stuff. Everybody wants to try different. It's, and so you have to do the same within your business. So it keeps coming back to what brings them back into the club. Now, you're an innovator and our industry is, um, loves trends, loves to follow trends. So with your travels and with all of the connections you have, you're, you're great at investigating things. I would definitely call you a pioneer because you look at what's going on at FIBO and Ursa and all of those and say, hey, this is working for these reasons. And then you analyse that really critically before you can say, what's the benefit for my members? Not what's the benefit for me or my club. And um, I really admire that, that sense of thing. But how do you sort out, okay, this is, this, is a, this is a trend or this is a fad and it's not going to go anywhere um, and how do you make that decision to implement it into something that would be beneficial to your members? Um, to be honest with you, Ken, I walk the trade show floors just like everybody else. And I do set a certain amount of hours a week um, to get on the internet and look at what's going on. How do I make the decision? I picture my members, I picture my club. So let's take... Um, I'll give you something as an example. <clears throat> um, eight years ago, it's in relation to my zone. Uh, eight years ago, their director got in the car, drove down to my club and said, Mel, I've got this really cool little box that goes on the, on the wall and this is what it's going to do. And I sat there and I was thinking, a box on the wall and it's going to tell my members how hard they're working out and they're going to be rewarded by that. Okay, so that's a bit like me going to the supermarket swiping my flybys card and getting points. Oh, it's going to give me status. Everybody loves status. Everybody loves to compete. So I knew then that if I implemented that product into my club properly, then it could only be successful. Because 
by my members getting something out of a new product in the club, it was going to help me re retain them. If it, that helps me retain the client in the club, there is a benefit to me. And that benefit appears on the bottom of my P&L sheet. So I always look at product and think about my members and my culture and will that product suit my club? I've seen some fantastic equipment. I've seen some fantastic software out there over the years, but it hasn't been suitable for my community. So it's not a case of just because the club down the road is doing it, I've got to do it too, I've got to do it too, all my members are going to leave and go down there. That's just bullshit. If you know your community and you know your culture, you should be able to stand in front of any type of product, software, equipment, programming, whatever it is, clothing, drink bottles, and say, yes, that's my community, that's my culture, I can implement that and make that work. And then you should be able to look at it and go, that's really cool, I love what you're doing, but this is not about me, it's about my community. So that's how I make my decisions. Um, have I made some bad decisions? Oh, of course I have. Have I wasted some money? Shit, yeah. But I don't make that, I don't make that the member's fault. I look at how did I implement it into the club? Did I take the right steps? Did I take the right amount of time to do the job properly? So I just don't go, hey, I, that, that was the members. Because it's never the members, it's you. It's never the members, it's you. And I just come back and say, that was my fault. But generally, yeah, I walk the trade show, uh, trade show floors, get on the internet, look at the products, think about my members, my community, how will I implement it, and who's going to be the head coach in my club that's going to help me sell that program to the members? Because you can't take everything on yourself as a club owner. So let's move a little bit now to retention in your club. So how many members have, have you got? We've got 2,200 and something. And um, the something is because every day your membership numbers change. So what I had yesterday, I don't have today. Well, actually, that's a lie because we're all frozen in time at the moment. So what I did have yesterday, I do have today. But you know what? I, I've had 2,200 members, Ken, and I've had 1,600 members. So here's something for everyone to think about. It's not about how many members you have. Okay, so you need to get over that because that's an ego thing in the industry. Everybody runs around and says, I have 50 clients, I have 100 likes. It's just crap, all right? At the end of the day, you can have more profit with 1,000 members in your club as opposed to 2,200 members. And I'll tell you something now. When you've got 1,500 members, you've probably got less headaches than when you've got 2,200 members. So... Forget the members thing, forget the likes things, forget the shares, forget all about that. At the end of the day, it comes back to your P&L. Absolutely. But from a retention perspective, because you've created such a strong community, um, what's, what's the average lifespan? So obviously these people have been with you for quite some time and because yep. you've created a community, that's something very important that um, our trainers and our not necessarily club owners can, can take from this. It's about creating that rapport and creating um, ways to do things where people want to come back and have the Chinese because yeah. it's their favourite. I mean, Ken, we have to look at retention, you know, in several different ways. Um, let's, we'll go, say, 2,000 members, all right? So, so out of 2,000 members, let's say you've got 800 members that are your strong, solid you know, do hard, going to be there, 90% stayers. And then you might have a 1,000 members that are on a rotating. So that could be 500 of those members could be uni students that rotate every year. The other 500 could be your fly-ins and fly-outs. So my, my objective is I know that our retention is high and it's higher than the market average. And the reason I know that is because we're still here 17 years later and our profits show on our P&L sheet. And does that sound a bit hoo-ha from Mel? Of course it does. But that's but it's what I'm doing inside my club that's giving me those high numbers. I know in my club every November, December, at least 350 to 400 uni students go home. Memberships on hold, cancel, hold, cancel, hold, cancel. But I don't let that get to me because I know that come the new year, there'll be new uni students because I market to these guys and I bring them back through the door and there'll be some that got jobs and don't come back. So it's knowing your market, understanding your market and then delivering your marketing to those people. 
great words there. And I think Owen and Bobby and Craig Harper were talking about this yesterday. So everybody on the call, remember, it's important about the communication and the message that you're portraying. And uh, Owen really honed down on it yesterday when he spoke about, you know, what's your niche? Okay, when you're creating your videos around yeah. that niche, make sure that it's something that you can create around that or something within what you currently do. So as the Healthy Aging Summit is, is designed primarily for this demographic, but what's the specific area around that that you can work on? And I think that's where you've really created a success, Mel. You've been able to look inside the club and areas of the club where it hasn't been used to offer another service to diversify into other areas. And, you know, Ken, I often get club owners that, um, that call me and, you know, they want a little bit of help with this and that. And I always say to them, who is your community? When was the last time you got off the chair and you actually walked through your club and looked at your member? Not from the front desk, got off the chair and actually walked through your club. Sometimes I can't answer that question. So normally I say, can you go back to your club? And when you've got the answer, come back and I can help you with your, and give you a solution. You have to know who your members are. Because if you don't know who your members are and you don't know their habits, how can you choose the right marketing, the right programming, the right equipment, even the right software, even the way they're greeted on the front desk? You can't do that correctly without knowing the basic foundations of your business model. So let's talk now about um, moving forward into the future and, and a topic that I've already spoken to a couple of the other presenters about. Um, and that's uh, education and, and mentoring. So from your position now, you've got other club owners that are coming to speak to you um, because of your podcast and because of your uh, influences at Ursa and FIBO and people are con constantly coming towards you for advice. But I know that, um, and again, as I've said to you, you don't rest on your laurels. You're always out there uh, rehearsing, um, edu informing, educating and and looking at stuff all of the time so from my perspective and obviously as yours we we deliver education as part of our program as part of our our um, group fitness classes and everything that we do how important is that to uh, from a priority perspective moving forward in today's day and age at looking at education because i know that you're a big advocate of it and um in in your recent um podcasts and other things, you're really, really pushing it. And I, I think that it's critical to us moving forward in this day and age. Well, let's look at the current circumstances at the moment. Those that have educated themselves, gone to events, those that have had mentors, those that have networked, those people aren't scrambling at the moment. Those that are scrambling at the moment are those that, have, that haven't educated themselves over the last couple of years. They're the ones that haven't reached out to mentors. They're the ones that haven't networked. And if they have done those things, then they've been reaching out into the wrong circles. So education is, is extremely important when it comes to being successful. And I don't mean the type of education where you've got to add a couple of letters onto the end of your name. I don't mean, you know, sitting behind the desk studying for hours and hours. Education comes in all different formats. Education, okay, I go and visit... I get on a plane, I hear that Ken's doing some great stuff in Brisbane. I get on a plane and I go and visit Ken's club. I participate in some of his classes. I look at some of his marketing. I look at his type of demographic. What can I learn from Ken that I take back and tweak and put into my own club? Of course, I can jump on a plane and go to every single event uh, in the world. And a lot of people do that more for networking than they do sometimes for education. And networking is very important too because we need to, to be listening and speaking to others that um, have the same passion as we do. And we, as I said to you, we can learn from other people. But I think what's missing at the moment in the industry is, is events where people are given the opportunity who are new to the industry. So I'm a very big, big advocate for we have new consumers, we have new business models, we have new speakers and educators. For God's sake, give these guys a platform so that they can share their stuff. Um, and so I think if we can start throwing new faces out there, you're going to find that those that have got a little bit sick of getting educated and have fallen behind are probably going to re-spark their interest in the industry. Get out there, get educated. And when we 
come and find ourselves in these circumstances again where we've got these challenges that we're facing now. We're a little bit more prepared than what some people were when this happened a couple of weeks ago. So one of those education challenges, of course, is using Zoom and, and um, technology. So you're an advocate of technology. You were one of the first people to implement MyZone and heart rate monitors into not just individualization, but all of your classes. Um, what, how can you see, I mean, obviously, we have to now use this platform to get out and reach people and communicate with them in a different way. Um, what else and how else do you see us connecting and, and using uh, different things to enable us to be better, survive these uh, hard times and come out on the other end? Uh, to the, to the industry as we know it, Ken, it's gone. Okay, three weeks ago, that's now history. It's in the books. We are now in the new era of the fitness business industry. You no longer own your space. You may have owned it three weeks ago, but you don't own it anymore. Every single one of us now is fighting to own something. You are now, um, you are now in competition with every single Zoom personal trainer, Zoom group fitness instructor, those that are selling, out there selling the latest gimmick on how you're going to keep all your clients, you are now in competition with all of these people out there in the world of the internet. We no longer own our own space. So how are we going to compete with all of these people? I think the most important thing is, is to get yourself absolutely up online and running. So first of all, if you're a club owner, I can share with you what we've been doing, if that's all right, for the last three weeks in our club. So obviously we all had to close our clubs three weeks ago on Monday and um, like many of you were like, wow, yeah, we're always going to get around to doing those online classes. So within 24 hours, we had an online platform up and running. We go in, or I go into the club each day, I film the classes, I then drop them onto the platform and of course we're doing live classes. Most of you sitting there now are going, yeah, well, I'm doing that as well. So my next question to you is, okay, you're doing that and it's great. Are you doing sponsored ads through Facebook? Are you texting your members with, have you seen my new platform? I'm doing a live class tomorrow. Are you doing that? Are you sending emails out? Because these, these, this is connection and community. You need to be tapping into those people outside of just throwing up a post on Facebook. Here's something else for you to think about to compete with your competitors. For you guys that um, are advertising live classes, can you please go to Eventbrite and do it through Eventbrite? Then drop the Eventbrite invitation into your Facebook page or your Instagram account, but let's talk about Facebook. I'll tell you why. Because you're going to collect data. You're going to collect the names and email addresses of those people attending your class. And you're going to say to me now, well, they're my members. What about the people who aren't your members that you can be tapping into in your community? Get them onto your email database so that when this is all over and done with, you've got a whole pocket full over here of a couple hundred names that you can be tapping into and hopefully transfer them across to becoming an existing client. So again, if you're doing live classes, jump across to Eventbrite, set yourself up on Eventbrite, drop the link into your Facebook page and your Instagram account, invite clients and their friends because that's where your referrals come through, through your Eventbrite platform and create a database. So that's one way that you can be setting yourself up for success. If you're a fitness business coach or if you're selling some niche products to the industry, I would be saying to you guys, and actually club owners can do this too, Ken, we are behind what's going on at the moment globally, okay? We are behind. Look at the UK and look at the US. Where are they now situated? What are they doing now in the industry that's helping them achieve that connection with their community? Because remember, they're ahead of us. They're going to go into repair mode probably quicker than us. Start taking some of the stuff that they're doing, you know, whether it's um, Zooms, whatever it might be, whatever they're doing, take it, bring it back to, you, to your desk and tweak it for your business. So if they're doing something really, really different and you think that that can work for you, 
Just grab that idea, bring it back and drop it and connect with your community. You need to remember that there is absolutely nothing original in the fitness business industry. Okay, there's nothing. Something, everything comes from somewhere. You know, MyZone launched um, eight years ago in Australia, but they were probably, I think they were around actually for 10 years. And now there's other people out with similar systems. Nothing, nothing is original. Everything is replicated. Go out, look at what's happening in the other countries, find some concepts and ideas over there, bring it back, sit it down, recreate it as your new business model, and that's going to help you in the months to come. So competition is a good thing because it forces us... Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> and, and it also forces us to adapt and improvise and overcome. So before I go into um, chatting about moving forward, both from a, a personal perspective and from a gym perspective, um, let's look at branding now. So we've spoken quite a bit about um, what we can do, but um, all of our presenters have spoken about individualization and personalization. So... Uh, Dr. Cam McDonald and Kyle Riley from PH360 are talking about personalised health from a nutritional standpoint, from a metabolic standpoint. Uh, Bobby and Ryan are talking about change from an emotional standpoint and how we can emphasise and how we as trainers have to understand ourselves first and look at where we're at so that we can project that through our communication onto um, our prospective members and stuff like that. So Mel, again, because of uh, what you do and how you do it, um, you're an icon when it comes to personalised branding and the areas that you move forward. So what advice can you give here? I mean, obviously you need to leverage on your experiences, which you've done very, very well from a club perspective, from a group fitness perspective, but from a connections and creativity perspective. Um, these people and all of the trainers that are on, on the call right now, how, how can we look at branding and personalization to move us to the next level in everything that we do? Branding as an individual. Uh, I think moving forward, I think you have to know who you are as an individual. And then that's the message that you need to replicate. It's very simple. So I'm comfortable with who I am. Um, and I know that not everybody likes Mel as an individual. But one thing you can't fault me on is, is branding. Whether it's the branding that I did for the Healthy Aging Summit, whether it's the branding I do for Thebo, or whether it's do, I do for myself. You can't fault me on that. You can't hate me for that. Who I am as an individual, and my message is to everybody that you, know, you have the right to be heard and that you, know, you don't need to be a, a back slapper to get to where you want to be and to rely on your own skill because you are great at lots of things and you don't need to rely on other groups or networking to help you go where you want to go. You have to be very, very true to you. And sometimes people falsify their, their branding. They go out and they say, I am this and I am that, but they've never actually been successful in any of the things that they're trying to sell. And Ken, I'm sort of moving away a little bit from your question, but that really pisses me off in the industry. There's so many people out there now where their branding is, I'm going to make you a survivor of the crisis that we're all undergoing now. And I'd love to throw the question out to all of these people and say, and what challenges have you actually met in your life besides this? Show me some of the challenges that you have moved and been able to help other people move through their challenges. Because I can tell you right now, 80% of the people out now, out there now that are saying that they have all the answers in their branding, it's absolute crap. Because let's face it, you know, when was the last time that we as a, a community um, underwent such a, a, a terrible type of challenge like this? This is a global, a global challenge. And there's so many people out there now falsifying their branding as an expert. So don't lie about who you are. That's the worst thing that you can do. Falsifying who you are as a brand means that 
that somebody along the line is going to get hurt. So that means you falsify yourself as a brand. Ken gives me the money. I say, I'm going to do all of these things for Ken. None of it works out for Ken. And Ken's out of pocket. And I just pat Ken on the shoulder and go, don't worry about it. Give me another couple of hundred bucks and we'll sort it out. So don't falsify your knowledge in the industry. If you're shit at something, don't tell the world that you're great at it because you're going to get caught out. That's the reality of it. So be true to who you are. Um, you know, your integrity, your vision, your mission, your philosophy. You know, you should have that out there for your clients to see and read, feel, touch and breathe. And that's who you should be. Be comfortable with who you are. Um, be comfortable with your voice. Uh, there's so many things that I can share with you. You know, some of the challenges, you know, that I've had to go through whilst being a, a club owner, you know, $3.63 in the bank. I've been sued. Um, last year I had somebody knock off my intellectual property. So, you know, these are challenges that I've overcome. And um, I think that if, if you want to overcome those challenges, you need to get your advice from people who have already overcome challenges. And those people will give it to you freely. They won't expect this from you. Um, but, but that comes back to branding too. You know, I could go on all afternoon about branding. You know, branding is more, Ken, than the pretty picture and the bicep curl and the I'm going to save the world attitude. You know, branding is in what's in here. Branding is what's in here. Branding is what you communicate. I think that's a fabulous answer. And it was really covered well by Bobby Capuccio, who said, be true to yourself. And he yeah. spoke about all of the, the self-help people that were saying, I've done this and I've done that, and yet none of them have achieved exactly what you've said. Craig Harper said the same thing. He said, don't go and listen to people. You need those people who will tell you honestly what they think yeah. and what they feel. And um, it's all about creating that story. Owen yesterday, when he spoke about the marketing as well, said, guys, you need to include your story because that creates yeah. your visual storyboard. And... Um, Melanie Doss, whose presentation on changing your fitness story is very important along these lines as well. It tells about creating that journey, being true to that journey. And I think, I think Mel, you summed it up really, really well. Um, so let's jump on from there and, and start looking at our, our future as an industry and, and what we can do. Now, the, I think the, the really big question of debate out there at the moment is, you know, um, depending on how long this is going to last. And of course, we do know that this is going to probably be around for 12, six to 12 months, and it's going to take much longer than that. Many people have been negative and have turned around and said, you know, this is the end of our industry as we know it, which it is, uh, but many people have also turned around like yourself and said, this is an opportunity to do oh. business in a different way. Um, now with clubs and gyms and with our industry changing, how do we take what we've done from an online platform and learning? Because um, Bobby also spoke about us being mammals and it's that need for connectivity. It's that need. There will always be a need for live face-to-face. -face. Yep. So I think that the industry is going to be far more healthy. You're going to have your drop-offs and people that can't cope with it and, and won't know what to do. But they're going to see you in times of difficulty uh, creating that awareness, creating that connectivity, and then looking at how they can come back to your gym and your facility and how they, they can move forward um, with the classes and uh, with that stronger community as they go. Um, can you talk about it as if everybody's going to open their doors and the crowds are going to come? No, definitely not. It's not going to happen. No. So these are some things that you need to think about if you're a club owner, boutique owner, whatever you are. Let's assume you've got 100 members right now in frozen motion. Do not fool yourself into believing that 100 people are gonna walk through your door. Doesn't matter how much online content you've delivered and how many classes they've attended, doesn't matter how much they love you. The reality is a lot of these people are still gonna be out of work, okay? So probably 60, 70, maybe even 80 of that 100 are still going to be out of work and they can't even afford to come back to the gym. So you're going to actually be running two business models. Your live business model, touch feel in the club environment and your online product. You are still going to need to deliver both your online and your live and they're going to have to come together as one. 
So if you think you're going to pull the laptop down and say, oh, thank God, I can get rid of all those classes, that's not going to happen. Not if you want to succeed anyway and you want to beat this. You're going to have two and you're going to have to cross them over. Some of these people are going to be unemployed for 12 or 18 months because remember they were employed at businesses where the doors have closed as well, just like us. Some of those businesses aren't going to restart. These people are unemployed. They have no money. So probably what you need to think about is what sort of survival package can I develop for my community that's A, going to enhance my brand again in the community, but also get them back into the club without it costing an arm and a leg. Yes, I understand that you've got rent to pay and you've got wages to pay, but you're going to have to sit down and be quite original about the whole thing. You're not going to be able to hire all of your group fitness instructors or your personal trainers unless, of course, they've got clients coming in who will pay. You might very well have to get back up there and start teaching a majority of your classes like you did when you first opened your business 17 years ago. We are going back to the absolute first day that you started your business. You have to think the absolute, what's the worst that can happen? A lot of my members are unemployed and they can't come back. I have to deliver my business differently, but still be there as a live, as a live person. So you're going to have to start your group fitness timetable. You're not going to open it with your hundred classes that you had a month ago. You're going to open it with probably 20 classes a week and you're going to complement that live group fitness timetable with your online product. And it's really important that you keep your online product going so that when these people who can't afford to be here, when they can afford it, they are going to come back to you because they're going to thank you for everything that you've been doing. So you're going to have to put them in and it's going to have to be one business model, the live one and the online business model. And you have to accept no matter how much you think people love you, they aren't going to all be able to come back. Um, maybe you can offer cheaper memberships. Let's just say hypothetically you were $10 a week. Maybe for the first six months, you're $5 a week. And then you add a little bit and add a little bit and add a little bit. The difference between the person that's coming back into your club as your consumer and you as a business owner is this. The government has some fantastic opportunities for you, subsidies out there at the moment, and you're getting those. These guys are getting all of this. So for some club owners, you're actually going to be more financially secure as opposed to these guys over here. So again, I reiterate, live, online, they come together, Start your business again, but use it as an amazing opportunity to do these couple of things. Maybe you need a new logo. Maybe now's a really good time to go and look at new programs. So when they do come back in the club, they go, wow, look at this, new logo, new programs. Go out and see what's on offer. There's a lot of people out there now with new products that are more than happy to give those products to you free in your club, providing you trial them out with your members. Lots and lots of supplies. So this is an opportunity for you to recreate yourself as a brand. Do all those things that you've been thinking about. Here's the opportunity. Do it now. Fantastic. And some very wise words there. Uh, thanks for that. So uh, Ryan had a list of resources and we want to talk about um, the community that we've created here. And again, very happy to have you as part of the community because of your experience um, there are so many different areas behind the scenes that you've spoken about. So legal entities talking about the landlord and changing your rent and things that you should and shouldn't be paying for. So guys, if you're not already following Mel and all of her social media platforms, get involved, join, because she's well ahead of the curve and everything. She's on the pulse and um, she'll speak her mind and that's what you really want. You want an honest opinion. So Mel, I'd like to take a couple of minutes here and um, maybe you can share some of those resources, whether it's group fitness, because I know that you mentioned a really good platform. I wasn't aware of Eventbrite and I know that I'll be doing that now as well. Um, what are some things that people on this call uh, with the aging demographic could use that could assist them and not necessarily um, that they're not aware of uh, in, in their business and help them through these difficult times? I'll just assume that um, nobody knows anything, Ken. That way I won't, yeah. I won't leave anything yeah. out. Um, so you already heard me speak about Eventbrite. So yes, that can be used for your classes, can also be used for any seminars or workshops that you want to deliver to not just your members, but remember, you want to tap into those that aren't your members, okay? So definitely use Eventbrite. 
if you don't have an online platform for your group fitness classes or anything that's video content, so remember, it doesn't have to necessarily be physical. It could be um, an educational session on pelvic floor. We delivered that to our members the other day through our platform. So all you need to do is to get in touch with uh, Ben Ritchie. He has a fitter platform and currently he is giving that to club owners and boutique owners freely so that they can keep their clubs running. So speak to Ben Ritchie, just Google him on Facebook or just drop me an inbox and I'll pass those details to you. So some of the group fitness programs that are on offer at the moment, of course, Les Mills are doing a fantastic job at giving members access to 100 programs for 60 days free. And we thank Les Mills for doing that. Outside of Les Mills, have a look at the steel, the steel programs, you know, steel training, steel tonic, steel combat. Fantastic programs where you as a trainer can receive a DVD and learn the Cori, okay? But you're also trained to change the Cori to suit your demographic. So I can go in and hypothetically teach a tonic class at 9 o'clock in the morning to 21 to 32-year-age people, but then I come back at 6 o'clock uh, that night and I've got, say, 45 to 55. I can use the same music, two different time slots, two different demographics, two different moves, okay? So two different types of moves in the classes. So look at programs that are interchangeable with your, with your community. That's something else. Um, at the moment, there's a lot of education out there. If you're unemployed, you know, get in touch with Centrelink or get in touch with TAFE. There's lots of free courses that you can be doing at the moment. Harvard Business Review is doing a lot of free newsletters out to anybody. So you just jump online, sign up for those. Fibo, I've got some great newsletters going out. Um, I've got some great podcasts. Lots of them are education. That's not just to push you through to them, but there is some great um, education on there. Some of the things that you can be doing to save you money in your business right now today Get in touch with your local council in regards to your rates. Remember on your rates notice, there's a list of all the services that you pay for. At the moment, your doors are shut. You're not, so therefore, the council is not delivering all those services. So get in touch with the council and say, are you going to abolish my rates until this is over or are you going to give me a discount? Ring your energy supplier. Ask them what they can do for you. Ring Telstra. What can they do for you? Guess, what can they do for you? There are so many things that you can be doing to save money. Um, are you running virtual programs in your club? Ring your supplier. I emailed my supplier the other day and said, I'm not paying for the next three months because I don't have anybody coming in my club to do the virtual classes. Cease my license. So sit down, look at your P&L and look at all the things that you're paying for and then work out who you can pick up the phone and ring and say, can you freeze it? Can you abolish it? Or can I pay half price for my power? Because you might be sitting there going, that's not going to happen, Mel. Well, you know what? At least ask, because if the worst possible scenario is that you end up with the result that you were at before you make the call, it's not that bad. So there's lots of things that you can be doing right now under the current circumstances that are going to make you a stronger financial business when you open the doors. Relaunching new things brings in new feet through the door, create that online and live presence and push them across together. And education, jump onto all of these sites. Like I said, Harvard Business, get on YouTube. Uh, get onto the most popular 10 health clubs in the US and the UK. Have a look at what they're doing right now. How can you bring that into your community and tweak it to suit you? Look at people who, and I mean this respectfully, look at people who are older who have gone through some of these global challenges before. I worked in real estate when interest rates were 22%. Um, you know, terribly sad, and I don't want to sound insensitive, but, but look at what happened when 9-11 occurred. Look at how people picked themselves up and survived that type of challenge. Look at those situations, how people survived, turn it around and retweak it for your own business. Some great tips there, and we will be providing a resource sheet. And of course, you'll all get the recording from today. I want to take a moment to um, also mention, I, I know that you're wearing a FitRex shirt, and uh, I want to thank Chanel and Dennis, who are doing a great job at FitRec and Healthy People in providing resources for you. So guys, if you've got an idea of a class that you want to share, um, because there are so many people in our demographic out there wanting ideas and wanting to do stuff. 
Get in touch with FitRack because they're providing a free resource as well. They're supporting you as a business. They want to get you out there. They want to promote you and they want to keep our industry strong. So please do the same to them. Support Dennis and Chanel. Jump on, become a member if you're not already. Um, there's no cost for a lot of those services. And if you want to be promoted and have a free service and get yourself out there to the greater community that you're not already touching, absolute must. So thanks again, Dennis and Chanel, for your support and FitRec for the industry that you're, uh, you're providing to us. Um, Mel, I've run out of questions. I think that... Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I think it's been absolutely brilliant and you've got so much to share. And thank you so much for turning this around because this is really going to help those people out there who are on the call, who are looking at ways that they can get through these challenging times, who are looking for resources and who are just so passionate because everybody that we've spoken to on the calls are here for collaboration, to move forward and really, really create uh, care within their community. And I thank you so much for doing that. Uh, we want to open the floor to any questions. Uh, we have several people on the call, obviously. Uh, has anybody got any questions that they can uh, stick in the Q&A panel that we can move forward with? Um, because it's question time, uh, unless you've got something else to say, Mel, while they're writing those questions here. Um, look, guys, you know, you, you're going to have to change the direction of your business. There's absolutely no question about that. But in your journey of doing that, just remember your vision, your mission, your philosophy. Don't, don't you know, don't sell yourself out because, you know, there's a lot of talented people out there. You all deserve some great opportunities to be successful. Don't be afraid to be a voice. Don't backslap. That's probably the most important message that I want to send. But, you know, be the best version of you. Be a role model. Um, you know, be, stay strong because you're worthy of success. One of the, the biggest messages that I send to people in the industry is this. We go to work as role models and our staff look up to us and our members look up to us. When we come home, our family and our kids do the same thing. The person that you are here has to be the same person that you are at home. My, my point being is that often in the industry, we see people following instead of leading. If you want your kids to be leaders, you have to be a leader too, okay? If you want your kids to be leaders and to shine, because, you know, moving forward, life's going to change for everybody in the decades to come. We're now part of history and our kids are going to read about us. That's the reality of it. So make sure that the role model that you are at, at, in your workplace is the role model that you are at home. Fantastic advice there. And the question that I think that you should keep asking, because when you have your doubts, when you have your struggles, ask yourself, when you first came into the industry, why did you come into the industry and what are you passionate about? Because that should be exactly the same today, regardless of what's going on in your life, as to when you started. If that's changed, you need to change. Because you need to be true to yourself first before you can be true to others and help others. So what is your passion? What are you trying to deliver? How are you going to do that? And how can you be true to you? Mel, we've got some great feedback. Uh, thanks for an awesome webinar from Mike and Namala and a couple of the other participants. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. I think it's been really enlightening. There's been some great resources there. Um, everybody obviously can go back to the recording and have a look at what they can do to implement things. Remember, it is your personal journey. Uh, we're just here to help you. We are here as part of your community in the Healthy uh, Aging Summit. Yeah. This is just the beginning. Let's all work together. Let's build each other up because we're in a community now that really, really need us. We are leaders, not followers. We are very passionate about what we do. We have some great um, mentors and people that we can draw across. So don't forget, if you don't have a question now, reach out to us at contact at the healthyagingsummit.com.au and we'll pass the questions on. Don't forget that you can have access to all of the speakers. Mel would love to talk to you one-on-one and, and help you in any way that she can because that's why we are here and that's our purpose. Yep. 
The what? most important thing is can everybody shares their problems? Because, you know, somebody might have a problem and you and I have already gone through it before and we can help them out. And if we haven't got the solution for you, we can point you in the right direction. So speak up. Don't be, there's nothing is that embarrassing that you can't share. Fantastic. And once again, great advice. Mel, thank you for your time today. Thank You're you, welcome. everybody who's joined us on the call. Make sure you do go back and listen to this. Um, we uh, do have a question. I oh, enjoyed the session from Nancy. Um, sorry she didn't get to meet you personally. Uh, looking forward to uh, your women's fitness business event. Yes. But don't forget to stay in touch with Mel. Mel is doing some great stuff when it comes to uh, creating networks. And we do know that uh, women carry the world well and truly, not just in our industry. Um, <laughs> thanks to Karen for uh, everything that she's doing behind the scenes with me because I would be lost without the great women and mentors that I have behind me. So, that's a wrap. Um, happy Easter to everybody. Enjoy. Happy Easter, everyone. <laughs> and uh, we have a couple more um, presentations coming up next year. Uh, sorry, next week. So keep an eye on and keep asking us questions and letting us know what you like and how we can help you in the future. Thanks, Mel, for your time. Ken, sorry, sorry. I promise I'll let you go after this. Um, yesterday we just launched the Ignite Women's Virtual Fitness Business event. And so everybody jump on board if you're female to have a look at that. My goal is to get Karen, Karen organised <laughs> and presenting at our women's event. And um, again, thank you for this amazing opportunity. I have loved being part of the Healthy Aging Summit 2021. We're going to rock it, guys. So watch out. Thanks again, Mel. Have a great uh, weekend, everybody, and look forward to connecting on the next webinar and with any questions that you have. Enjoy your weekend.